which was suggested to us by Garen. Like, yes, the Garen had suggested this one. <laughs> You've heard the name. Now you see his game. <laughs> wow. Did you just come up with that? Is that off the dome? That's straight off the dome. Welcome to Video Game Podtimism, the optimist video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. My name is now not sick Chase. My name is now sick David. Welcome sick David. <laughs> we flip flopping. Yeah, no, we're just we're just passing around one bottle of sick and each one of us can hold it at any given time. Yes, the podcast is a communicable space. Uh, so <laughs> sorry to anybody who's listening. <laughs> yeah, sorry everyone. We're spreading it. Only thing we spread is good vibes, baby. Come on. I I hope that's true. Right? I hope that that's true. I mean, unless you're Kevin Sorbo, then probably wasn't good yeah. vibes for you, or a Kevin Sorbo fan. Oh man, the poor the one guy who's like, I fucking love Kevin Sorbo. And like listens to the last was that two episodes ago now. Man. I mean, maybe he's not into like all of his political leanings. He just loves him as an act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says Hercules was his jam back in the day. <laughs> we had to break the bad news that he's a turd. If you want to enjoy Hercules, still go for it. But man's a turd. Man's a turd. Uh, us sore bros just can't catch a win, man. <laughs> the sore bros. Yeah. Why are your bro so sore? What's going on? <laughs> your your bros are also sore because Kevin Sorbo makes it really tough to be a Sorbo fan. Yeah, I was about to say sore sore emotionally. <laughs> yeah, like I can't. I don't know how much longer I can take being a sore bro. <laughs> Sorbo, I can't follow you down this path you're walking. Is that what he says in Star Wars? You're going down a path I can't follow, Kevin. I think that's it, it. Yeah. Now I'm imagining Kevin Sorbo as like a boss in a Dark Souls game, and all the sore bros mm. are like the mob enemy that you have to dodge while you yeah, go and pack the Kevin. ads. He like buffs them and stuff. Uh, yo, video games. What? I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even going to play Koi this week. I know you've been playing video games. Don't I, beat around this bush. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've been. I've been called out. I've been. Usually. Usually, we're like, "Hey, you've been playing video games. Tell me about it." No, I know that both of us have been playing games. And I want to hear about them. They have been. Okay. I'll go if you don't mind. Yeah. Please. We had a sleepover with Mallory's nieces. They came over, so we played a lot of Mario Kart. Oh uh, hell yeah! That was a lot of fun. All four of us playing mario kart together it was a great time oh my god Grand just Grand saying time. the words mario kart and sleepover transported me to another dimension just now david they were they were pretty stoked there was some ice cream to be had oh my god it was a big it was a big time come over to auntie and funko wow. uh, we have we have fun at sleepovers <laughs> give your parents a night off so they can be, actually live a life <laughs> yeah for real oh my god that's incredible so like were they pumped on playing mario kart or was that your idea oh no they were just like when are we playing mario kart oh fuck yes dude i like i would have a hard time containing my excitement at that level of enthusiasm because yeah. like i all i am always ready to play mario kart yeah and so if there was like a child around who's like come on man when are we when are we playing mario kart i'm like oh, right now kid same it's time yeah same uh <laughs> It was pretty, it's pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, they're not great at the game, but they still have fun. I think that's sure. the magic of a, of a Nintendo game, especially that one. Yes. Is that you can be yeah. pretty bad at it, but it's mm -hmm. still a fun time. Just kind of ro run around, uh, or cart around, I guess I should say, get some items, yeah. hit some people and just enjoy the levels. And, you know, they are always impressed because I always come in first. They're like, oh, Funko got first again. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> learn child, learn my ways. But they're also super stoked whenever they get a a lightning and they just like mm -hmm. zap me or they ink me i'm just like <laughs> they, they make sure that i know like hey i got you i'm like yeah you did you sure did get me <laughs> i know i noticed they actually. just laugh yeah, thank you <laughs> it's it's awesome i like this yeah no it was good and then they also uh, the, one of them came over the older one came over while Jahan was still here and he was playing shadow of the colossus by himself while she was there yeah and so yeah. she's like can we play the horse game <laughs> oh my god she was into it that is interesting i would not expect that shadow of the colossus would be particularly interesting visually to anybody that is like under the age of 10 horses and monsters man yeah that's what it boils down to i mean i guess to. it kind of plays out like a myth like it's mm -hmm. it's awfully simple as far as the story goes yeah kind of story super simple yeah the controls not so much so she sure they try to yeah. control it and just like you're about <laughs> to fall off a cliff kid you're not gonna like that so and, <laughs> and the controller back over you're not ready for this one you're almost there you're not ready yeah and then of course the monsters are cool for a bit but then they get too scary after a while so yeah not they're 
they're pretty terrifying in that game. They can be pretty from, terrifying from time they're to tough, time. They're tough kids, but they're just like, okay, we're good. You asked for the monster game, so we did it. Yeah. Let's see what else I've been playing. Jahan came back over this past weekend and we finished Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, wow. Yeah, you guys got all the way through it. Did the whole thing. What a great ending. <laughs> I haven't I haven't finished that one in a while. I was just going to ask how the, the the ending landed for you. I had like recently, I like I said, I've been going through these older episodes to like get the games that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Shadow of the Colossus a lot because we had mentioned it a few times and was thinking about the ending of that game and just how like moving it was in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think when I played it as a kid, mm-hmm. I was very confused by the ending. I'm just like, wait, I'm the bad guy. And I didn't like it. <laughs> yes very yeah. high school level reading of, of what the game was trying to tell me. Now, I think you were talking about it last time, how, you know, you mm-hmm. don't view Wanderer as sympathetic yes, anymore. Yeah. And I, I agree. I don't know if I'd say he's necessarily a bad person, but he's like misguided. He's a misguided youth yes, um, yeah. who does something pretty awful. Catcher in the rye who, dude. <laughs> yeah, just play Shadow of the Colossus. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I, just, I just love the cinematography of the ending, just like the mm-hmm. whole entire yeah. last level is great. When you get to play as Dorman, the demon. Jahan yeah, was playing and he's like, yeah. oh, I'm the demon? And was like <laughs> legitimately shocked. He's like, I had no idea this was going on. I'm like, yeah, this is why it's a great game. And then I just love the little nod at the end to Eco, where he's born again as a baby yes, with little yeah. horns. And you're just like, oh, the what is it? A, a trilogy in reverse that they said this was with um, Eco and the last guardian, supposedly. Yeah. I can't remember if they've like fully confirmed like, yes, this is a canonical thing. And I, I sort of wonder if it's just more like kind of a spiritual nod to one another right of like you know this happens then this happens and yada 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 Mm -hmm. still good it's still moving Mm -hmm. like regardless and one other thing i will say is i forgot how long and how challenging that last colossus is oh my god it's like so hard it's like scaling the empire state building but it's like shooting Mm -hmm. lightning bolts at you it's wild (laughs) it took me a long time like that that fight was really really tiring no it was and i thought like really difficult really tough to get up there and like to figure out what to do and how to you know, what to hit to get him to do things yeah. to get to his head, right? But I also thought it was the difficulty was scaled well because if yeah. you fell off like high up because he came out like a little, like a like a pyramid, like mm-hmm. you get like wider at the base, you could probably grab yeah. onto something before you got too far down. So like the higher yeah. up you get, flared. you could still go far down, but you wouldn't go as far down like all the way to the bottom unless you like, you really messed up or something. Yeah, totally. So I thought that was a good game design, noticing that. <laughs> but yeah, that that was... That's an epic game, man. It's so good. Still still holds up that ending. Really fun. I, I think it speaks to just how like concise they were being with that story that they nailed the ending so well. Mm-hmm. Like they... I don't know. It it felt like the the natural conclusion of everything that was happening. Like, yeah, of course, like this is this is how it's going to end. But it's still incredibly impactful. And like, I don't know, especially after having that like last boss fight where it's so challenging and so harrowing, mm-hmm. like it, you're in a bad spot when yeah. you're fighting that last person yeah. or that last Colossus. It's like dark and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the, they, they really Im- impart the gravity of the situation that you're in. Yeah. Of like, this is it, man. This is the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, it, it feels really like kind of dark, the thing that you're doing. Absolutely. It's good. It's a, it's a good video game. It's a good game. It's so epic. It's great. So yeah, can't say enough about that game, truly. Talking about Dark, Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3. I'm fighting the High Pontiff Sullivan. 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 I think he's the dual wielding guy. He's got like the flame sword and the magic sword. Pull up a, a PNG of this guy. Yes. I remember his ass. He sucked. He's a tough one. Yeah. He's a tough guy. I'm doing some grinding right now. Yeah. Getting some of my weapons upgraded a bit. I'm just, I just was not doing enough damage at all to this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did something I've never done in a, in a FromSoft game before. I respect a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. I offered a pale tongue gross <laughs> to that like nasty worm worm lady in the cathedral yeah. like like you do and yeah change some things change some things around i'm like i don't have to, i don't need this intelligence i don't need intelligence as much i need i need yeah. some more endurance i need a little bit more vitality let's go and it really sure. made a difference it was nice it was yeah. uh cool yeah i've never done that in one of these games before because i i don't know there's some some like silly gamer toxic gamer pride in me like i <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I don't need to respect my character. It's fine. Um, and I'm yeah. like, oh no, this was actually very helpful. Thank you for allowing me to do this and making it relatively easy to do. I, I there some some of the FromSoft games are easier and harder to do this in. Like they they make it a lot easier in certain ones of them. I think Elden Ring specifically is pretty straightforward to like go yeah. totally change your build. Mm-hmm. which is pretty helpful for just how big that game is. But yeah, I think this one is pretty straightforward. If I remember correctly, Bloodborne is too, but I might be mistaken about that. You just yeah, straight up remember. cannot do it in Dark Souls 1, that's for sure. 
<laughs> sucks. You're locked in, baby. Yeah. Hope you make good decisions. But I'm still really loving Dark Souls 3. It's It really does yeah. have its own feel. Mm-hmm compared to all the other FromSoft games. I'm really liking the place that I'm in right now, Irithiel. Yeah. Cool design. It feels kind of bloodborne like more gothic architecture than like medieval, is, like has been in the rest of the game. Is that the location that has like, it's like kind of snowy? Yeah, there's snowy yeah. and there's essentially like you're fighting white walkers, essentially, like very slender yeah. ice ice people with flowing movements and swords and stuff. Yeah, I, I also loved that area. I thought it was really, really cool, especially the entrance. I, I assume that everybody comes in the same area. You might not actually, but... Mm-hmm. When you like enter it, like is really like expansive. You see like the whole city when you're yeah. like, coming across you're the on that bridge, bridge there, which is really incredible. And yeah. then that monstrosity attacks you from behind. That <laughs> yeah. thing messed me up for a bit too. But yeah, really, really enjoying this game. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's it's Dark Souls. What, what, what else do I need to say? Yeah. And the last game that I've been playing a lot of has been Chicory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You texted me about this a little while ago mm-hmm. about your experience like with the uh, the drawing, the like art class that you can take in Chicory. Yeah, I was in the art class and I, I sent you a picture of my art because uh, <laughs> yes. I, was, I was proud of it chase yeah I hope it looks good i hope you liked it i, look, I did but i'm really enjoying this game it's it's so yeah. specific in what it's trying <laughs> to achieve yes of yeah. just we're not gonna be like judging you or your artwork or like your qualifications or anything like mm-hmm. that you're just you you have you have the uh, what do they call it the the wielder brush or something yeah like you have you're the you're the new wielder you have the brush you've been chosen and your art rocks even though it's just like dots and, and blobs and squares if it's as far as what i what i'm able to do because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is no, not same. easy to draw accurately with a with a, a controller through a controller <laughs> yeah. a control stick yeah absolutely but it's just it's just so chill and you can just spend as much time as you want just like on a certain screen a certain part of the map and just fill it in just color it in and just yeah. see what people think see what you think go to the mm-hmm. holy store and then make a new holy design which i've never that heard that as a term yeah. for donuts which i quite like <laughs> gonna grab some holies yes. I love the the donut thing. I think I did the same thing for a pizza place in in one of the towns. Mm. So much fun. I really, really like those parts. Yeah. Yeah. And they just like display it proudly on their signs outside. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, this is incredible. I love that. It's so good. It's so good. But just positive, positive vibes. It's great. I like all the customizations for like your your character just like the different outfits you can find surprisingly enough i'm always yeah. stoked when i get like a beanie to put on like mm-hmm. chicory's gonna, uh, oh no not chicory hamburgers is gonna look good in that beanie mm. for sure i was wondering what your character name was yeah it's hamburgers yeah it's hamburgers yeah it's, it's good but yeah no it's 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 fun it's a quaint zelda like essentially i guess you could say yeah a fun a fun adventure Fun little puzzles, nothing difficult, nothing, nothing that's going to stress you out, but uh, a good time. I'm enjoying yeah. this so far. Have you, what, what part of the game are you in right now? I just rescued that village that was like uh, inundated with boulders and now I'm going to go to the wielder. I'm in the wielder temple, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. I feel like the game, like my, my favorite part of the game is a little bit later on where you have to go to like a certain set of temples with a specific someone. Hmm. And I feel like that's when the game like really started hitting me hard. Like I liked, like you were saying, pretty much everything in there of like, I, I enjoy the positive message that it's got and sort of the the finesse that they are able to display when they're g- getting out in front of you already talking shit on your own creation. You know, yeah. the, the, the expectation that of course it's not going to look like Picasso on mm-hmm. a, on a controller, you know, like it's just not a thing that's going to happen, but being able to like, get out in front of that and undercut it and sort of engage with somebody's like inner critic is is pretty wild they do it really deftly it's it's really surprising yeah honestly it was like somewhat therapeutic for me yeah no so totally same yeah because i had lots of anxiety or surrounding art class as a kid and i'm just <laughs> yeah, like no, i'm not good at I art i don't i don't have that artistic nature or eye or uh fine motor skills and this was this was quite nice to because you know they have characters in the game who are like trying to serve as the inner critic people who are somewhat critical of you yeah. like some of the like that that one of that one of the past wielders and then like that girl in the art class as well mm-hmm. they're going like oh you know maybe maybe I'm at least for the girl in the art class she's like well maybe I'm the one who's wrong here yeah but yeah I, I do I really I think that's impressive that they're able to do that uh, they just know. They know that people are going to judge themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Such a yeah. human thing to do. Uh, and then to push back against it feels nice. I, I love the the character that you're talking about. The the Like they show you a couple generations of wielders 
mm-hmm. and the one right before Chicory, I think was like pretty hard on Chicory. Like, yeah, they they were pretty harsh towards them and like they're super serious. Yeah. And I, I like that approach that they're showing that like this like sort of not it's not generational because I don't think that, you know, that Chicory is like related to this person at all. But mm-hmm. it's really cool that they're able to communicate this like ex- quasi generational without being related kind of like not trauma, but how someone internalizes the messages that they're being told sure, and then what they choose to do with that and like how that affects another set of people. It's interesting. It's really, really good. And then also learning like, why is that person the way they are too? Mm-hmm. Like even that older generation, what why are they them? so harsh? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then I, if you dig around, you can find stuff about like why, why they are the way that they are. It's cool. I'm sure. But yeah, I, I think the, the uh, obviously that I think this was my game of the year, whatever year that came out. I think it was two years, two years ago. I was about to say, like, yeah, it was Elden Ring last year. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I have a lot of love for it. I'm enjoying it a lot so far. I'm curious to yeah. see where it goes. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited for you to see it. It's good. <laughs> Anyways, Gaming. that's all I've been playing, Chase. What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a couple of video games. We, like, timeline-wise, recorded very recently for our last episode mm-hmm. as the crow flies from this one. So uh, most of it has been pretty similar. I will do a quick check-in that Jedi Survivor is still very good. I'm still enjoying it a lot. Moving farther through it, the story is still very fun. I uh, am an idiot and clicked on some spoiler tags in Discord, so I know, <laughs> I know a little bit about what happens later on oh, in the no. game. It's, I, it's my own damn fault, but... Uh, it, it doesn't really ruin anything. I'm just like, okay, I understand what's going to happen. How are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm continually impressed by this game's ability to have like really incredible stuff that you can kind of just like happen upon. I There's like you, whenever you go back to the main town, you can talk to people and they'll give you kind of like rumors about like, Hey, I heard that there's this thing out there in the wilderness at this spot and you can go and like wander out and check out what it is. One of the ones I like was trying to find this one temple and got lost on my way there and happened upon a totally different thing that like, I don't know if I was supposed to go there yet, but I sure did. And it was like this whole like, it it seemed like a scripted segment of like somebody was expecting to be here. Like it felt like a, a, a main story beat, but I don't think it was. Maybe I just like got there earlier than the game was expecting me to, Mm -hmm. but regardless, um, I got through and it was just so incredible. Like you are like climbing this mountain to go like try and find this empire base and you do eventually come upon it. And like, I gotta say the the Jedi survivor and uh, they have just like nailed the vibe of what it feels like in a empire base, like Mm. the kind of like shiny uh black designs that they have in there of just like this terrifying area like it just looks perfect Mm -hmm. to me in every single one of those bases so i'm always just like thrilled whenever i get there nice there's also this like kind of joke boss that they throw at you at the end of that area um i won't spoil too much about it but there's just like a dude that tries to fight you called rick the door technician and like a big like dark souls boss uh, gauge comes up at the top but uh, yeah, it was just I, like I'm I'm really impressed with the game's depth as far as just like building a world that feels like it is existing without me. Like mm. it's just sort of out there doing its thing. Sure. And it's like not not to the heights that you would see in like Elden Ring, right? Like Elden Ring's world feels like it is like I'm not playing that game right now, but it's still in there kind of hanging out and breathing. Yeah, it's not to that extent, but it is a, hitting a similar uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. which is cool I'm, I'm really glad that games are deciding to like go that way with sort of their open world stuff I, this this game definitely does have some of the assassin's creedy approach to open world stuff where there there's a lot of stuff on your map and you can sort of like go and check it out and do a bunch of things but i think it also has that draw of having just like a hint of something and you're like i wonder what's over there and then mm-hmm. that being a cool thing There's also a section that starts to open up once you meet a certain character of you can start tracking down a bunch of bounty hunters that are trying to kill you. Uh Um, And there's like, you know, there's a checklist, man. You know, that gets me going. Um, And uh, you you can just go fight a bunch of these like bounty hunters, a lot of whom like have come upon lightsabers, which is kind of incredible, Mm. but they like don't really know how to use them that well. So they're not particularly effective with them. Sure. Which is cool to me that like in this era of Star Wars, like because there are so few Jedi like there there's just lightsabers around mm-hmm. 50 years earlier you might get like kind of shunned or punished for using one of them but ain't nobody there to tell you no so who there cares that's mine now <laughs> um it's interesting i'm i'm really enjoying this game i i want to play more of it but with uh, a game that i spent a lot of time in yesterday and then sure. also the impending tidal wave of tears of the kingdom yeah, this imminent friday oh that's friday oh my it's God. friday dog by the time Whoa. this episode comes out it will already be out it's Whoa. terrifying 
Dang. Okay. It's very frightening. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. How much more of Dark Souls 3 do you think I have? I bet if you played a lot of it, you would get through pretty quick. You're towards the latter half of the game. Okay. But there's still like a handful of bosses that you'll need to get mm. through. This will be my motivation. Got to beat these yeah. bosses so I can enjoy Tears of Kingdom. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's frightening. I I have felt this way about most major releases like this. Like, for, I don't know if like hype... I'm not going to say hype doesn't affect me because there are games that I get very excited for, but whenever there is a game that people sort of agree, like this is going to be the biggest deal in the world, I, my brain just sort of like goes blank whenever I think about it. Like I felt this way about Mario Odyssey before it came out and mm-hmm. Elden Ring and mm-hmm. uh, the original Breath of the Wild, sure, which is frightening to me because that usually means that it is about to be incredibly good. Hmm. Your your gamer just, senses are tingling. I think so. Yeah, and like every everything from the previews that like there's some people who have their hands on it yet, and they're all just like, "My God, this is crazy." Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for it. I have no idea what's going to happen in it. I've been like mostly ignoring the press around it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about. It. I I don't I don't need to know anything. I'm I, like I'm gonna get it. I don't yeah. need to know anymore. Absolutely. Well, there's a big leak. What then? The whole game leak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some some people got their hands on it and have like played through it. So I'm kind of trying to avoid like the internet as far as like it it, it in regards to Absolutely. Zelda. Absolutely. I don't know if there's like stuff that is necessarily spoilable. Like, I wonder if there's something that big of a deal to spoil. Because oh. like, like at this point, I, I think there was that whole uh, uh, Kotaku article that came out where they were like reporting on, hey, we've played this. Here's some like surface level answers to some of the questions that people have about what's in the game, right? Like, are there shrines is one of the questions. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like that would be that big of a deal if somebody chimed in on a Twitter thread and said yes or no. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the article, so I don't know. Yeah. But I do wonder if there's like a significant enough spoilable thing that happens in that game that it would be really significant. Like, I don't even think there was anything in Breath of the Wild that would be that now, big I was about to say, like, how are you going to spoil a Zelda game? Like the story, at least. The story is pretty straightforward in most yeah. Zelda games, unless they really want to do something different with it. Maybe they could spoil like a gameplay mechanic that they're hiding and that they're going to show yeah. you in the game. But I mean, with the, what they've showed us already, I'd be surprised if they did. Yeah. Like secret hidden areas, maybe they could be spoiled, but that's like, that's a deep cut, really. Yeah. I, I, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that there's something that they haven't really addressed mm. in like the previews. I, just like a lot of the motifs of the music being kind of integrated with Twilight Princess. Like, I wonder what they're playing at there. Mm. And then also mm-hmm. the the references to like Skyloft and shit like that from Skyward Sword. Like, I, I'm curious if there is a, a larger meaning to that. Again, it's Nintendo. There might not be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could easily just be like, no, we just like the music from that game. There you go. But I, I sort of feel like there's probably something in there, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll I'll report back whenever we record next because I am absolutely sure I will have played it by then. Yeah. Anyway, games that I am playing still. I want to uh, touch on, but not talk about too much. Mm-hmm. I played through nearly the entirety of Metal Gear Solid 3 the other day. Beautiful. You had mentioned that you picked up your PlayStation 3 from your parents' house, uh-huh. uh, which is unfortunately the only way that we can find to get metal gear solid three for you yeah we're doing it old school it's not not a very available game i yeah. will say there's some like i i just saw some rumors that people are talking about that there might be like a remake of it mm-hmm. at some point it's interesting to me that they would choose three specifically why is that it's it's sort of a weird spot i guess not actually now that i'm I'd thinking it's about the first it one like, chronologically so i think that kind of makes sense from that point of view sure yeah i think there's some stuff that they would maybe need to take a second look at as far as like approach sure. to storytelling goes, mm-hmm. a lot of it, there, there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't think has aged super well. Yeah. It, it came out, oh, was that like 2004? Is that when that game came 04, out? 05, something like that. Or core, core, yeah, 2004, core gamer era. Like, I feel like it mm-hmm. was just like, things are being marketed so specifically to teenage boys at that time. Yeah. That like a lot of the tropes that they're relying on and a lot of the stuff that they're doing with the characters in this game, like it just feels very... Yeah like toxic i guess misogynistic in a lot of ways. To look at Ava's boobs. that's the thing yeah, yeah that, i mean that's a lot of that is what i'm talking about like there's these scenes in the game where you can press r1 and it'll go into first person mode and like it's it's such a bummer because i think there's spots in the game where that is actually really impactful mm-hmm. but a lot of them are just sort of there for you the player to also look at a digital boob and go like awooga and i'm like <laughs> it's just I, I don't know that that's necessary in any way mm-hmm. i like a metal gear solid 3 is definitely relying on like tropes from like the the 60s 
uh, specifically in movies and a lot of like Bond movies specifically. And I understand that like they are playing with those tropes and specifically the kind of femme fatale that Ava is in the character is mm-hmm. uh, inhabiting. But I don't think that they really engage with them enough to merit how they treat her. Like, I, and I guess I'm just saying like they don't they don't earn it in, in a way. It just sort of feels like they're emulating it without really questioning why it is the way that it is. Yeah. Or like talking about it in any real significant way. It's just sort of like you want to see a, a titty, right? <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I, I think that if they were going to remake it, that there would have to be kind of like some stuff that updates it really similar to how they did with Resident Evil 4. Like mm-hmm. there was stuff in that game that they have changed such that it like, you know, makes it more, I would say they makes the writing better, but at the very least, like makes it a little more palatable for people who are engaging with the medium in any serious way. Yeah. All that said, it's a shorter game than I remember. I was not expecting to blast through it in the way that I did. That's an impressive turnaround. <laughs> yeah. I like like I was telling you, I was maybe like a, a couple hours into it and then just like played the rest of it yesterday, mm-hmm. which is, is like a testament to how fun the game is on it on like a mechanical level. All the stuff that's in there. I remember from when I played it the first time, there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's incredible. That's still really, really good. Mm-hmm. It is so helpful to have a guide open while you're kind of playing through this, not like looking at it word for word, but there are so many things that I didn't know the first time I played it. Then I'm like, that mm-hmm. has made this part of the game so much easier. Yeah. I'm thinking specifically of the fight with the song. Sorrow. Mm. I'm thinking specifically of like when you're trying to plant bombs on the Shagohod, you can get like <laughs> you you can get uh like a, a costume that makes you look like a service worker mm-hmm. that's like helping out around there. You can kind of just go plant the bombs rather than like having to sneak through and be all careful and shit. Like yeah. you don't really have to do that. Really helpful. I also it's it's so bizarre that this game gets such a rap for being like peak cutscene in a game. Uh-huh. None of them felt that indulgent to me. Sure. But but you are also a big Kojima head. I think that's kind of the thing is that like I will put the controller down for any amount of time for my man Hideo. Like <laughs> I'm I'm eating up and that's to be honest, the the parts of the game that I really enjoy the most is when they're just like dumping information on you. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really like the the mechanics of it, but like it is a game from two thousand four, so like not every inch of it is like perfect. Um it's still very fun, but like I whenever they're like, All right, now let's talk about the Patriots, I'm like, Yes, dude. I am here for this. Give me now. some lore. So it's bizarre to it, like remember in in hindsight, I remember being like very off put by how long some of these cutscenes were. But this playthrough, I was like, nope, totally good, mm-hmm. totally acceptable with the length of these things. Yeah. That said, the the end of the game ends with like a twenty eight minute cutscene, so it is long. It That's is pretty long, long yeah. but uh, still, I, I I found it totally enjoyable. But I will save the rest of my thoughts for whenever we do a MGS three episode, which is coming eventually. For sure, it will happen. The final game that I have been playing, David, mm-hmm. is this game called Mizerna Falls. Mizerna Falls. Mizerna Falls. Uh, okay. This is a game that originally came out in 1998 for the PlayStation 1. Whoa. And up until last year was a really only accessible to the Japanese market because it, it A, didn't really get a release in the States. Yeah. Um, but uh, to that end was in Japanese. So like, unless you spoke Japanese, weren't you weren't playing this game. But uh, thankfully, about three people by the names, at least online, of Resident Evil, Nikita 600, and Sirosan released a fan translation of the game. So you can go play it now in English as of 2022, I think, in like nice. about a year ago. So I did that because uh, it's a kind of spooky looking PS1 game, which, you know, That's your thing. you know me. That's my thing. This game is really interesting. It is doing a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was made by the same people who did uh, Clock Tower, Human oh. Entertainment, I think is the name of the company. Okay. And so like there is that level of sort of experimentation going on. Like we, we had talked about Clock Tower. I think that was a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. And like there's a lot in that game and I don't it definitely doesn't land everything that it does, but it's really experimenting with like what controlling a game should Mm. feel like especially in a horror game sure i I think this one is doing that too where like they're they definitely are having you walk around in like a 3d space and it is not always perfect and the camera angles are sometimes unintelligible like what am i supposed to be doing here Mm -hmm. but uh i I think there's a lot to love about it so just like conceptually what the game is is it is set in this kind of like rural american town Mm. uh in like winter and there's been like essentially like a couple of people have died recently and you are trying to figure out like what what is going on essentially a a lot of the people that are involved are your friends you play this guy who's like i think in like high school or something like that Mm -hmm. but uh a, a young fella and the game essentially proceeds with 
where you are mostly just like wandering around this town that is like mostly built out. Like you, you literally get in your car mm. and like drive around to like different spots in the town to like go talk to people and be like, Hey, what do you know? Or like, I heard this thing or like, okay, I'm going to go down to, you know, the police station to talk to a guy I know or, or anything like that. And like I said, you're, you're physically driving around, not on like a GTA or something like that, where you yeah. walk outside, you get in your car, you go drive, and then you go into a room and like huh. into a house and all that sort of shit. And I know that that's like probably not that impressive now, right? Like that's that, that is more common these days, but yeah. I will say even even now, like with the understanding of what games were like in 1998, I was like, hey, that's fucking impressive that they were able to like get this whole town to be connected and built out and you can mm -hmm. go from one to another and like, you know, your your friends in the game can be like, hey, can you give me a ride? Yeah. And then they come out of the house with you and get in your car and all that sort of shit. It's a game set in America. Gotta have a car. <laughs> Gotta have a car. I think you're driving essentially like a, a Volkswagen Beetle or something like that, which is great. Very wow. cool. Vibe. Vibe. It's like very Twin Peaksy. Like mm. if, if anybody's seen that show, you will know what is going on in this game. It's very much got the kind of like surrealist approach to storytelling that Twin Peaks has mm -hmm. of like things aren't always uh, making sense <laughs> to the player and like a lot of the characters are kind of bizarre. Mm -hmm. I will say that, like, I think games have evolved since then to understand, like, what surrealism means within games specifically. Like, uh, like I was talking about a couple of weeks ago with Anodyne 2. I feel like that game approaches surrealism in, like, such a sophisticated way mm -hmm. that is playing with, like, how video game metaphors operate and, like, how players in their own head construct those metaphors. Whereas I think Mizerna Falls is much more engaging in what surrealism is to a television audience. Like I said, it's, it's emulating a lot of Twin Peaks. And so I think a lot of the things that you're seeing, the kind of motifs, the tropes that they're showing you and talking about, they're very familiar to somebody who's like used to watching this on television. Mm -hmm. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think just the, the I, I'm seeing the difference between those two for sure. The, the way that the game actually plays out is that uh, you've essentially just got like a number of leads that you can go track and like investigate essentially. That is mostly up to you <laughs> yeah. to track. Like I, I got in the game and I was like, okay, I hope that there's like a mission log or an objective marker or something like that. Mm -hmm. No, you have to go <laughs> figure it out and be like, wait, who, who did I say I was going to talk to? <laughs> and where the fuck are they? All that stuff is, is is up to you. And I think the the combination of this game also being on a bit of a timer mm -hmm. is, I think, what the game's draw initially was, right? It was, it, you know, you're supposed to do these things in a certain amount of time and similar to something like Way of the Samurai or, or a similar game like that where... It's almost a roguelike, right? You're supposed to play it a number of times to get different information and go check out like, oh, I need to know where this person's going to be at this time or like, oh, I tried to do this one thing and it didn't work. I'll remember for next time what I need to do. But uh, I will say it feels pretty punishing in, in 2023. Like I was reading through a guide of like, okay, well, like, let's say I had like the ideal run here. Let's see. I like, I, I wanted to play the game through to quote unquote, the good ending or mm -hmm. something. What would I need to do? And like, it, you were running on such small amounts of wiggle room as far as like how quickly you need to be doing shit. Like, you know, on the first day, it's like, you've got 15 minutes to get across town to go talk to Winona before she's gone. Oh my God. You have to like do all this shit. And, and stressful. Honestly, I, it was. I was playing it and I was like, holy shit, I'm already behind on this one task. Uh -huh. And I uh, honestly, I don't think that that's what the game wants you to do. I think it is much more interested in you replaying it a bunch of times and sort of feeling what it feels like to not know what the mystery uh, results in. Mm -hmm. And that is supposed to drive you forward to replay it and be like, okay, I want to figure this out and figure out what's going on here. And I think that it, it owes a lot of the design there to kind of an older approach to video games where I think game developers and game publishers, I think to a certain extent too, were uncomfortable with having their game not be long enough or to to be perceived as not delivering enough value. Mm -hmm. um, you see that in reviews of like every old game. It's like, it's not long enough. It's only 20 hours long. Like it's unnecessary and, yeah. and, in, in these days, especially. I think that that is one of the bigger trends that has shifted over the years is like mm -hmm. people should be more comfortable with making a game is exactly as long as it needs to be. Yeah. And so like, I, I, I think the, that part of it hasn't aged particularly well, just because I'm not the type of guy who has, you know, another 40 hours to sink into this mystery game. Mm -hmm. I kind of just want to like see 
what goes on and like how they approach the the their story and how the, how they set the vibe and everything. So like I just I just ended up watching like a, a let's play of it, which mm-hmm. was pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I will say that this is like a really interesting game and something that I really loved playing through at least the, for the amount of time that I did. I obviously find a lot of like not inspiration but uh, appreciation for the experimentation that was going on on the PlayStation 1 and specifically with horror. I think there was a lot that was being messed around with and from human entertainment. Like I like Clock Tower as well. I think it's uh-huh. an interesting game even if it's sometimes challenging to control and yeah. like to to play the game. But uh yeah, I I I had a really good time with this and I'm just so glad that games like this are getting their time in the sun because like it was unavailable to most people in the West for, you know, 15 years or whatever, mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. years, which will of course, bring me, bring me to my optimistic thing of the week, David. Yes. Which this week is fan translations. Mm, yeah. I feel like in the last like year or two, I've kind of been rooting around and finding more games that are being ported to like Western audiences mm-hmm. simply by some passionate fans who are like, I think I could do this. Yeah. Which is both cool and neat. And I love that there are people out there who do it. And also so ridiculous that a company doesn't do this. Like, mm-hmm. Because people weren't paid for this and like the legality of it. I don't fucking know where that lay. Right. But like, I wouldn't have played this. I wouldn't have played uh, Sega Gaga, an absolutely unhinged game for the Dreamcast. Uh-huh. Racing Lagoon was another one that oh, uh, yeah, got a fan translation. Uh-huh. Just all the, all these sort of games that like, I, I think all of them are really special and mm-hmm. really interesting. The frog um, for whom like, the bell tolls. Exactly. Yeah. No, another great example. That game mm-hmm. was astounding. I was so impressed with that one. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just so surprising that those games haven't been ported over. I get that like, you know, people want to make a buck and like, sometimes that's not always easy to do, but like, I think especially for something like for whom the frog, uh, the frog for whom the bell tolls, like you could do that one. Mm-hmm. It's not that complicated yeah, of a game. A, that means you know? so like, small. Uh, of course, like the, I'm sure the work would be in depth for a translator to actually do that, but pay somebody to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a really good game and would do really well here. And it, it, it's just such kind of a bummer of the, the industry at large that it has to be this way or that it is currently this way. I don't know that it has to be this way, but I'm always really stoked whenever I find another one of these games that like fans translated this old weird video game that like <laughs> 10 people like yeah. that. So now that more, more people can play it mm-hmm. because like i said I, I think the ones that do make it to the level that fans want to translate it are usually at least interesting yeah like i'm not gonna say i'm gonna play through Mazerna falls all the way through but sure most of these games are at least like wow i've never seen something like that there's or, something going on yeah a, a racing rpg come on man yeah i do want to play cool. that racing lagoon <laughs> a, a, a game that gets greenlit kind of as a joke sega gaga yes i do want to play that <laughs> That game's out- outrageous. They the the dude who made it essentially pitched it like as a criticism of Sega. Really? And Sega said, like, yeah, you can make it. And then like they were sort of like, haha, where's the game? And he's like, no, this is it. And then I think enough people are just like, okay, fuck it. <laughs> like, let him make it. They also gave him this is on the wiki. I think they said that they gave him like a marketing budget of like a hundred dollars or something like that. Wow. And he spent it on like a costume for himself to go like wander around and show a people. A costume for himself to wander around and market it? <laughs> wow. I think so. It's incredible. I'll have to look up the, the accuracy of that, but um, that's amazing. It's, uh, if it's true. It's, it's a really incredible story. Hey gamers, uh, Chase from the future, or I guess the past as you listen to this, but whatever. I was checking the accuracy of that Sega Gaga thing and just had to cut in here and say, apparently I was I was off by $100, but not by much. Okano, the director of Sega Gaga, this is coming from Wikipedia, was given a meager $200 budget to market the game. Roughly half of it was spent on a wrestling mask to promote the game. And he had like set up signing events at locations across Akihabara, um, and gave some reward to those who visited all four locations. There was also a like promotional Dreamcast VMU memory card that they built for this game. It was supposed to look like the Genesis, I think, which, uh, gosh, I'm interested in that. Anyway, have, have a good rest of the podcast. Goodbye. Um, David, do you have something fueling your sense of optimism this week? I do. It's a good callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I'm thinking the horns on the baby at the end of Shadow of the Colossus. Sure. Callback yeah. to Eco. 
Um, yeah. And then right now, playing through Dark Souls 3, lots of callbacks to characters and items from the first game, especially yeah. in Irithyll right now. You know, I just got to the part mm-hmm. where you're finding some of those silver knights from the from the first game, and there's a big old portrait of Guinevere in this area, and then you go upstairs, <laughs> and you got Smog's hammer, yep. and the Leo ring, which you also got from that same fight in Dark Souls 1. Um, yeah. So I just, lo- I just love that stuff. I love the feeling of an interconnected world and universe. Uh, I think, like, Dark Souls 3 takes place, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of years after Dark Souls 1 does. Mm-hmm. But that these people in and uh, items and the legend has sustained throughout the 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 annals of history and time. Mm-hmm. I think is it's just cool. It's just it's just another layer of the lore building and the world building that I just really love. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I love it when they can make it significant like that too. Mm-hmm. Like in I- Eco and Shadow of the Colossus and then in Dark Souls too, where it's like there is a point to them doing a callback. It's not just like, do you remember Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. It's like actually a significant part of the game <laughs> to be like, there is a reason that this is here. Not just, you know, for all the real gamers, here's a little reference for you, a sick reference. Yeah. Are any of the areas in Dark Souls 3 supposed to match up with areas from Dark Souls 1? Yes. There's a couple of them that are like very specifically supposed the to match The same ones. Up. Yeah. You'll know it when you get there. <laughs> cool. You'll be like, yes, I know that this is from Dark Souls 1. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's great. Yeah. Well, hey, do you want to move on to our main thing, David? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Hey, David, it's Good Games. Is it? It's the segment where we talk about the OKS games of yesteryear and talk about the things that we love about them. I'm surprised that it is just now striking me to say talk about the things that we love about them because I've been saying gush about the things that we love about them for a while. And every time I say it, I'm like, I don't know that I like saying gush. You don't like the word gush. I don't think I like the word gush. It's pretty close to goosh, which is not, it's also kind of gross. Sploosh. Yeah, there's nothing really great that that's in that area. What about Gushers? Gushers? Good. Delicious. But I would say it also conjures kind of like a 90 kids will remember sort of energy and like a little bit of like batitude, a little bit of DreamWorks face. Oh, gushing or Gushers? Gushers specifically. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the energy we're bringing. We're talking about older games for sure, but I, I feel like we're trying not to rely on nostalgia for most of this. Yeah. I could see, I could see Spyro being like a spokesperson for Gushers, right? Yeah. He could have been on the cover and have been like, yeah, scampish. Exactly. Speaking of scampish, uh, we're talking about a game called Gauntlet Dark Legacy this time. Which was suggested to us by Garen, like, yes, the Garen, and suggested this one. You've heard the name, now you see his game. <laughs> wow, did you just come up with that? Is that off the dome? Uh, straight off the dome. Sick brain has really got you in, in the right spot. <laughs> Apparently, sometimes it pulls through. Yeah, damn, that's, that's impressive. Is this the first game that we've done from Garen? Officially, probably, I think, yeah. And in the, the era of us doing uh, suggestions... Wow, this is impressive. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're talking about Gauntlet Dark Legacy. I feel like Garen has been trying to get us to do this for a while. I mean, twist my arm about it. That's fine. I love <laughs> mm-hmm. this game. I was about to say, did you play this one when you were younger, when it came out? I played this one a lot when I was younger. I played this a lot with my cousins growing up. Mm. All three of us would get in there and, and play multiplayer. It was yeah, great. totally. A really good multiplayer game, oh. I will say. So, so good. So amazingly yeah. good. Before we get too far into the gushing part of this segment... <laughs> Can I give you some hot stats, David? Uh, Please. Hot stats. Hot stats. So this game came out a bunch of different times. In the arcades, it came out in 1999. Mm -hmm. But to consoles, it came out to PlayStation 2, May of 2001. And then uh, on GameCube, March 5th of 2002. And then Xbox in April 23rd of 2002. So the release schedule was very much like staggered in a certain sense. It was developed by Midway Games West, which used to be Atari Games, I think. I think it was previous to being called Midway Games West. It was Atari Games. Mm-hmm. But they make your uh, your California Speeds, mm. your San Francisco Rush 2049s, of course, your Primal Rages, and throwing, throwing back old school, Paperboy. They also made Paperboy. Ooh, wow. That yeah. is real old school. Dang. Pretty, pretty good. I mean... You know, Atari games, you got to throw it, throw it pretty old school for them. Let me see. I, uh, I have a review of D- Gauntlet Dark Legacy, mm-hmm. um, from N games. 
which is an outlet out of Germany. I have taken their review of run through Google Translate a bunch of times and spat the uh, the husk back out in English uh, to get a an artist's interpretation of this review. Um, so I will now read for you what End Games had to say. Mm-hmm. Mindless elbow shots can become unbearable when running with three friends at the same time. Mm. But in the end, it's not so much about the game as it is always better to play with two people rather than sitting in front of a flicker box. <laughs> Unfortunately, camera issues mar its impact. Parts of the letters have been added. I love the new triangle system and the ability to rank characters. It adds some fun to the game, which is less affected by the enemy's destructive owl. I think that was supposed to be AI at the end, but it changed it to owl. Destructive uh, owl. And they gave it 50, 55 out of 100. They did not like this game very much. Destructive owl. Isn't owl the name of Tim the Toolman <laughs> Taylor's sidekick? Uh, yeah. Who I think is a good guy, I think. Oh, in real, in, like, life, real life, as, a, as opposed yeah. to Tim the Toolman Taylor's actor. Yeah, yeah, no, my man's kind of a kind of, in in the snorebro category. <laughs> Don't make me dunk again. <laughs> Don't Come make on. me dunk. I will dunk. I'm lacing up my high tops right now. <laughs> uh, home improvement. Jesus, that took me that long. Anyway, uh, David, could you tell me what this game is? Yeah, Gauntlet Dark Legacy is a multiplayer, top-down but tilted angle RPG where you choose one of either four or eight characters depending on what version you're playing yeah mm-hmm. which range i think the originals are the the warrior the valkyrie the wizard and the archer and then yeah. they add four yeah. others in the console versions after that that are just kind of variations of those but the the point of the game is that you are going through these different levels beating up mobs of of enemies uh finding hidden items finding rune stones finding magic and power-ups and legendary stuff and equipment mm-hmm. and kits and what what have you uh to finally get through all the different levels and beat the beat the main boss so it's pretty yeah. pretty straightforward game yeah I, i'd say so um, swords and sorcery type of deal it's like kind of a lengthy game right i was surprised the the long play that i saw i was looking at video after i after i'd played it a bit this weekend it was yeah. two like two hours and 45 minutes but then that was part one of four i was just like oh wow this is <laughs> a long this is a pretty long game uh there's just not a lot that you can skip through because it's just you have to get yeah. to the level get to the next level get to the next level it's pretty long yeah i remember playing it a lot i i think i played it when it came out but i don't have like super strong memories of playing this i'm pre- like i said i think i did but i don't it's not clear to me when when that happened i feel like maybe we played it together because i had it i had total possibility game. no it's good it's a it's a fun it's a fun little rpg Dun- dungeons and dragons yeah. swords and sorcery stuff i was just gonna say like how how did this one land for you playing it this time so it's interesting because i played a, a a gauntlet that had been released recently that was like a free-to-play gauntlet mm-hmm. which was you know I, I played through it and it was kind of repetitive not not super not super fun not not really my cup of tea yeah. mm-hmm. and i was i was thinking about it I'm like well maybe like i just have some nostalgia glasses for the original gauntlet and what it, it, it mm-hmm. also wasn't that good um yeah and then going back and playing this i can say that no this game is actually still pretty good i think it's doesn't yeah. it's not reinventing the wheel the, the combat is very straightforward but mm-hmm. really where it shines is when you play with somebody else if you're playing this single player like that's that yeah. is I, I i think i don't like to say this but probably the wrong way to play the game uh you're not gonna have as much <laughs> yeah. fun if you're just going around doing all this by yourself um and then you also miss out on doing the combo moves which are fun that you can do with your yeah. with your buddies but you know the there's there's the game and then there's like the meta game of like oh who gets the mm-hmm. who gets this gold who gets that power up who gets this health yeah right of you know of doing all that sharing resource sharing with your friend too because not everything is shared but it's still it's still fun because i played this with Jahan actually over the weekend oh nice which yeah. was great i think that's the that's the way to play this game yes definitely like four four or five levels i think i think we got to like the boss so, of the yeah. first of the first area just a fun time you know it's it defies explanation sometimes because it is just so <laughs> basic. You know, you have strong attack, yeah. light attack, magic attack, special attack. You can strafe, you can block, you can do your combo moves. So there's a lot of different things you can do, but all of it, when you're doing it together, it's pretty it's pretty basic. Uh, but yeah. just the, the levels are fun, the different enemies are fun, uh, and it is just fun to plow through a bunch of weak enemies you know it definitely makes you feel powerful when you're going through at least the, the basic levels the bosses are a little harder but yeah it's it's i think it's a fun time it reminds me a lot like in playing it and hearing um, what you have to say and then also what garen has to say which i'll read in a little bit it, it reminds me a lot of how people talk about destiny and mm. that they like get in there and like do i wouldn't say grindy stuff but like kind of repetitive stuff that's like not necessarily that challenging sure. all the time as a way to just like hang out with people sure and i i feel like 
I hear that story told a lot when people talk about this game specifically of like, yeah, I would put this on and like me and some friends would hang out. That would be the the thing, right? Because it's so easy. You can still talk to people. Yes. Like you can still <laughs> yeah. hang out. It doesn't, it's not like playing Dark Souls together. No. Yeah. Where you're like, I need everybody in the room to be quiet right now yes. for, to experience my video game mm-hmm. <laughs> gamery. But yeah, you can just like pick up Gauntlet and like play it for a while and put it down or like any of that sort of stuff. And I think it's also kind of an interesting like social game too. Mm. Like, like you were saying, the having to like divide resources, I think now is a lot easier being able to look at it and be like, okay, here's what the team needs. But mm-hmm. like, if you're playing this with a group of like 10 year olds, oh my God, I think it's a lot <laughs> more challenging of a situation. Cause like I want all the fucking gold dude like that. That we all want the gold. Is- <laughs> and then we try to play nice. And then I accidentally step over the gold that was meant for someone else. And then there's hurt feelings accusations being thrown accusations whether they're true or not how can you know the intent of a man's actions yeah no exactly it's uh it's interesting and i i think it is a one of these games it's like i kind of find it rare to run into one of these games where it makes for a good social game Mm. because i feel like it's you have to strike such a fine balance and i think destiny does this too where it has to be easy enough in certain parts that you don't have to focus on it that hard Uh but also engaging enough that like if you do start to just like kind of roll into the game and focus on it Mm -hmm. that that's not a weird thing at least for my own social anxiety whenever there is like a silence my brain is like hey let's freak out about this (laughs) and like it takes work to not freak out about that but Uh if it's like if there's a game going on in the background it's sort of like well i'm focused right now it's okay yeah so it doesn't doesn't make for quite as much anxiety inducing situations well that's good yeah yeah so i I, and i like i i've read stuff about this that and again this is cutting with a pretty broad brush but i i read about like you know guys guys specifically needing to have like a thing to do to be able to like socialize with one another yeah like i dudes need like a thing to be going on for them to be able to be like yeah i would like to talk about my life now Mm -hmm. whereas like just sitting in front of another person and talking about their lives like for whatever reason considered not appropriate which i wholeheartedly disagree with i don't think that that's like a true thing at all yes i know that that is a belief among some people and so that's just how some i mean i mean a lot of men aren't taught how to share their emotions like that so having something to do as a team then allows people to open up yeah not saying it's and, right but know, i'm saying that's kind of how or at least american society treats it sure and i'll say that like you know also that that is not simply applicable to to men either if that that applies to a lot of people but mm-hmm. still I, I i have seen that in my own life of like people needing a thing to do and i think like like i was saying it's it's kind of hard to find a game that fits that that scenario because if i'm playing like halo or a shooter or something like that my brain is kind of focused on doing that thing and it's sort of tough to disengage and be like so what's up like what's up with you Mm -hmm. it like takes a little bit of focus to do both both this or destiny or even like world of warcraft sometimes if i'm just like i'm just gonna zone out and like do some quests like that is a perfectly applicable time to like talk to somebody too yeah i've also found this in games where like it's like a longer term strategy game where you're kind of just like running through the motions like civ or something Mm -hmm. like that definitely can play long games of civ and just like talk to people while that's going on sure so yeah a, a very social game let me uh let me read for you what garen had to say about this game because i it. asked him like hey you got any got any feelings about gauntlet and he said some stuff about gauntlet environments period i can put myself in nearly every world and the levels told a story about that realm just through the environment they were also unique and detailed um he said i love the story within the story uh, the bad guy only being part one and having to go back and find all the runestones and get the get to the actual final boss. Um, speaking of amazing boss battle, super relevant to the realm and that they had a weakness if you had found some random piece of equipment at a random level. Mm-hmm. Uh, liked being able to unlock different characters by completing tasks, very Smash Bros. Um, and he said, my ultimate conceit, I would name my character Invuln and you would get infinite invulnerability and I would just stomp my way through the game, <laughs> plowing through armies and having the time of my life. <laughs> and uh, I said, perfect. Thank you for these gaming words. He said, thank you. I take my jobs seriously Mm. he also said it's a nostalgia bomb for me and drew also listener drew hey i used to play all the time and talk about life and listen to music which like another transportive sentence i can absolutely be like beautiful hey let's let's put on some system of a down and play (laughs) and play through gauntlet dark legacy (laughs) damn yeah 
that is a mid 2000s ass thing to say. Yeah, I I very much agree with what Garen's putting down there. I think the the conceit of having to like kind of go back through all of these levels and like, you know, to get to the actual real boss is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I also like that this game has an ending. Like, yeah, I, I've played a lot of the other Gauntlet games and they are fun, but like part of my brain just refuses to engage if uh, the game does not have an actual ending. Sure. Like if there's not a way to beat it. I think with most of those older Gauntlet games, they're very much intended to be in the arcade. Mm-hmm. and to just like you'd be able to play as long as you want put more quarters in put more quarters in yeah exactly yeah and like i i, I think that, that leads to a game design that is repetitive and intended intentionally so but doesn't lead to a lot of like satisfying conclusions to video games yeah so i like that this one has an ending mm-hmm. could i could i play you some of the sound effects from this game david they're fucking ridiculous <laughs> yes you can we are going to listen to the jester sound effects in this game okay <laughs> So ridiculous. I'm so happy for you. I love the reverb. The reverb is deep. There's a chicken. I the uh, there's something broken in my brain that I just I sa- I find loud reverby sounds really funny. It's uh, when I was listening to these and like playing the game. Obviously, all of these sound effects sound like those old Looney Tunes cartoons where you can hear Mel Brooks in the stu- in the sound booth like mm. shouting and like you can hear the room that he's in. <laughs> um, I have an example of that. What am I doing? If you're late one more time, you're fired. You hear how you can yeah. hear the room that he's in there. <laughs> It's echoing a little bit. I don't know how you've done it, but I know you've done it. <laughs> it reminds me so much of that, where like the the audio quality is just like not great. You can like the, the yeah the the reverb just really tickles me. It's too loud way. for the room. Um, there was no sound dampening, and they were recording in a hallway. <laughs> exactly right, a cafeteria. So I, I liked that a lot. A, a lot of the sound design in this game really really got to me. I thought it was really fun. The sound design's good. I love the the. Uh, narrator's voice that thing is ingrained in my memory (laughs) so deep a lot of people talking about this game when we had brought it up that we were doing it about the uh wizard needs food badly voice lines like those just get like brought up in people's minds very often (laughs) just like hey you're gonna die yeah no i i also enjoyed the announcer i thought that was pretty fun Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also hilarious to have an announcer in this kind of game i know it's very arcadey i think is where that comes from just like in a loud, a loud, loud arcade, you can know like, oh, I'm about to die if you weren't paying attention. Yeah, it needs to be distinguishable above Rampage next to you. <laughs> exactly. And more distinguishable than just like the little tiny health bar, not even bar, <laughs> just like number, health number you have yeah. on the bottom of the screen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I read, I read a little bit about the like conceptualization of Dark or Gauntlet just like in general. Mm-hmm. Perhaps unsurprisingly, it has a lot of influence from Dungeons and Dragons, which... Yeah. I think you can see, right? Like Absolutely. I think the 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 archetypes of the characters are very D and D, and just like you know, on a quest, beating dudes up. That's that's very D and D. Yeah, I think especially in the earlier entries in the Gauntlet series, like it's like this this is a wizard, this is a warrior, and all that sort of shit. I think they have expanded a lot in this one, mm-hmm. but I think you definitely see see the influence. The The series also was event- or originally going to be called Dungeons, which oh. it's kind of a bummer that they didn't go with that. I love the name Dungeons as a name for a game. That's very evocative. I know, yeah. Like, Gaunt- Gauntlet is good and iconic in its own right, yeah. but like, Dungeons, dude? What kind of dungeon? That's my next question. Yeah, <laughs> it is evocative. It's fun, but I, I think they couldn't get the the like legal naming rights for that. I think Big D and D was like, no, dude. Big Dragon said no. So the Dungeons portion of Dungeons and Dragons is trademarked individually, or is I, it too, too I, close? I guess. I, I think that yeah, it may have been a proximity issue because it like they hadn't released their game in that form. They just like were talking about that being the name, and I think some legal department said like, no, don't. Hmm. Bummer. Well, bummer. I mean, especially with how Wizards of the Coast is nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely gonna do it. Now. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send the Pinkertons after you if you actually uh, start naming your game Dungeons. It's a fun name though. I didn't even like the Pinkertons yeah. are still around. Like, what the heck? <laughs> that was the most bizarre part of that story. Damn Pinkerton so man. <laughs> yeah, like that's a Red Dead Redemption meme. That's not a real <laughs> thing that happens. Pinkertons more like the Stinkertons. Am I right? Got him. You're gonna big big Pinkerton is gonna come knock on your door pretty soon. Yeah. Though. 
And the one the one uh, person who listens to our podcast who has a Pinkerton is crying right now because <laughs> I've just bullied them. Weirdly enough, also the Kevin Sorbo fan <laughs> just can't catch a W these days. The Venn diagram of those two people is a circle. <laughs> it's just a single guy. Sorry. Sorry, man. Man, what else? What else about Gauntlet? It's hard for me to like say anything about this game other than like it's fun it's good it's just simple it's so simple it gives you a lot of things to do like but even though you have all these different options of like special moves and heavy attacks and light attacks if you just walk up to something you hit it if it's small enough right you really could just get through the game pressing one button and and control (laughs) it yeah like it it lets you do more if you want like cooler things if you want but if you're just like Mm -hmm. at that level of just okay move around and and hit you're you're good yeah it's true no yeah it's true it's like shockingly simple yeah but they have made it feel good enough that it that is still kind of a joy to play and i did like the i did like the leveling up that felt fun i like how at the end of the level it shows you how many uh people you killed and how much money you got which is always mm-hmm. good for a little shit talking between levels to whoever you're playing yes. with. Yes. Yeah. Keeping track. Very time crisis of them to like show you who's the better boy in that situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you can your character's model change if you level up high enough? I can't remember if that's a thing or not. Your class like changes? Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I didn't get far enough so the either. The warrior becomes like a hunter or something like that. I think you might be right because in a lot of the references in the game they talk about like the like the wizard slash the jackal or like the sorceress slash medusa well, or that's something like that because like, there's beast mode that you can unlock oh my god yeah 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 that's true so instead of being a warrior you're a minotaur yes also sick to be fair yeah it's a shame they didn't get marshawn lynch in there to like really put the <laughs> the stamp of approval on that but yeah it's it's pretty cool beast mode featuring marshawn lynch everyone <laughs> just becomes lynch marshawn is a lynch. playable character in in fucking gauntlet i would buy that game <laughs> 10 times over i mean you could take this concept, this style of game, and put any sort of like I know anybody, anybody Literally in it. Any, it doesn't even anything, have to be like yeah. s- swords and sorcery. It could be I don't know, busting through an office building as Marshawn Lynch and other famous athletes. I would play that. Could be I fun. Don't, I don't really have any interest in Madden, but I would definitely play Gauntlet featuring some football guys. So <laughs> Gauntlet with some football guys. Tom Brady's <laughs> the wizard. Just throws throws uh, footballs from far away. The wizard needs pigskin badge. <laughs> The wizard needs a divorce lawyer badly. Oh my god! Sorry if there's any Tom Brady uh, fans out there. Maybe an same guy, joke. <laughs> the poor same guy. Come on, man. <laughs> we're we're really beating down this dude today. Just come on, let me have one. <laughs> we'll we'll bring him onto the podcast next time so he can gush about all those things. All the, about Kevin Sorbo, the Pinkertons, and Brady. Mm-hmm. What um, an interesting group of folks to to love. Yeah, really specific. <laughs> I, I mean, make a make a sequel to Def Jam, but in style of Gauntlet and a bunch of rappers. Ooh, okay, that'd be tight. <laughs> We're approaching fun ideas, yeah. I mean, yeah, that is definitely a fun idea. I'm surprised this isn't a thing, like the Gauntlet style game. You know, I mean, they tried um, to revive it, but they just they they sucked the soul out did. of it with free to play. Like the levels were not like nearly as detailed or interesting or fun. I tried to play with Mal because yeah. I was like, okay, maybe if they can just tap into a little bit of that gauntlet magic, this could be fun. Mm-hmm. But it just was it was just uh, it, it went the route of like what this game seems like it should be going down, which is just repetitive and kind of boring. Yeah. But the difference yeah. is that this one has some soul to it. Yeah. There's some love. There's some care put into this game with the animations, voice lines. The levels are intricate, fun, interesting. Yeah. There's yeah. there's hidden stuff that you can go and find and walls you can break down and get cool ice axes, which are sweet. And it was just missing in, in the new one. But I would love to yeah. see like someone doing it and putting an emphasis on some couch co-op, please. I think that would be yeah. a necessity for me to enjoy another gauntlet game. I feel like you, I was just thinking about this. I feel like you might get a little bit of this with Minecraft dungeons. Like I feel like there's a yeah. kind of a connective tissue there. They're, of... they're similar styles of game. Uh, absolutely. And like, I thought that game was pretty good. I thought it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I still, I, Mel and I still jump in there every now and then if we just want to like run through a level. It's uh, like, I know, I know that get that game inherits a lot more from like Diablo than Gauntlet, but I think it, it like the approach to it being a little bit simpler and a little bit more invested in being uh, cooperative mm-hmm. does kind of push it towards the Gauntlet style of games. Yeah. Kind of a slept on game. I feel like the Minecraft dungeons. I think it got the Minecraft name. People thought it was just like cash grab or something. Yeah. But no, I, I, I have great time with that game. It's fun. Got a llama. Yeah. Llama that spits. Llama. Real good. It's great. <laughs> it's uh like I know it's it's popular. It's not like that game isn't doesn't do well, but I just feel like I don't hear about it very often as like a 
hell yeah, this game is incredible or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Gaming. Gaming. Well, shoot. Do you have anything else to say about Gauntlet Dark Legacy? It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. It's a lot Gauntlet. of fun. It's a huge nostalgia bomb for me. Yeah. And it still holds up, I think. I think it was still fun, you know? Yeah. It feels a little bit more yeah. antiquated nowadays, but it's still, the, the bones of, of enjoyment are still there. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it is a great social co-op game mm-hmm. for sure. Um, well, cool. Thanks to Garen for suggesting Gauntlet Dark Legacy. We appreciate you greatly. The podcast appreciates you greatly. I will do it. I will. I will carry the ring, Chase. <laughs> Got to share the load. Share the share the load. Share the load. If you want to suggest a game, look at our backlog. Uh, search mm-hmm. a game that maybe you want to hear our opinions on. You can do all of those things at podtimism.com, the website yeah. that Chase has lovingly and meticulously and skillfully crafted for this podcast and for uh-huh. you, our listeners. Um, uh-huh. So go and check it out. I think there's also links to some of our social medias on there. I don't know how. Uh, active we are on those anymore but uh we're, we're, we're posting we're around. episodes we're every around. if you really want to help us out you can leave a review on apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that you use uh really helps mm-hmm. us out and we also like just to read any any reviews any and all reviews of feedback criticisms uh positive things negative things whatever uh we are here for it yeah sure <laughs> This is also our mandatory <laughs> scout out of the week. Scout Wilkinson, thank you so much for the beautiful podcast art. It always looks great and really captures the vibe of our podcast. So thank you so much. Yeah. Shouts out to Scout. Uh, shouts out to Paws and Claws, her new podcast. Give it a listen. It's very good. Absolutely. And thank you, dear listener. Oh, wait, no. Hold on. You can also spread the the podtimism <laughs> by uh, yeah. showing the podcast to any of your friends. Uh, if they like it, great. If they don't, that's fine. Uh, but that really helps us out too. We're very organic in how we grow. Yeah, it's true. And of course, thank you, listener, for spending your time with us. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. We love it. We would do this if people didn't listen, uh, but it just makes it more special that folks do. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's very humbling and cool and certainly brings me a lot of joy that people are stoked on this and get some some kind of value or uh satisfaction out of it it's really cool um we love making it so yeah glad you're here that's our our podcast tagline some kind of value (laughs) there's something in there (laughs) there's something you maybe have to like kick it around a bit shake it find it yeah it's in there it's in there something valuable uh (laughs) anyways chase does you have any uh video game wisdom for this week i do i'm actually gonna defer to richard karn this week okay Al from Al from Home Improvement, correct? Yes, Al from Home Improvement. He said on January fourth, twenty twenty-two, he tweeted, "I've thought long and hard about NFTs, and I've decided it's not something I need to do." And then a praying hand emoji and a bunch of hearts and a picture of him smiling at the camera. <laughs> Who was coming at him for Home Improvement NFTs? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently he's thought about it. He said, "No, I don't think so." That's that's a pretty amazing <laughs> thing to post on Twitter, Al. Thank you. <laughs> Richard. I know. His Twitter description says big news coming soon. I wonder how long that's been there. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. When is soon? Yeah. What is big news? I'm interested. It was actually about his NFT be... project, but then he decided not to. <laughs> he said fuck it. No, actually. I've decided it's not something I need to do. Me neither, Richard. So I'm I'm in agreement with him on that one. To be fair, I would take a, a Borderland trading card. Mm. Do you think Game Freak would make a Borderland Pokemon game? Is it, would they just put his face over all the already canonical Pokemon? <laughs> I think that's the most cursed version, so yeah, probably. <laughs> this is, this is, that is a path that we could he go down if we want. transforms into Richard Karn, the water version, or Richard Karn, the grass version. It's just him either like on fire, underwater, covered in like lawn mowing shavings or whatever they are yeah yeah mulch mulch i'm ground type now i'm ground type now oh my god all right well see you next week everybody (laughs) all right see you later bye